everyone. This is Sarah and Rachel and Kathy. And welcome to another Mochas in the Meantime Wellness Check. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to our Wellness Check series. We're here with Kathy again. Um, so excited to have her to, you know, talk about this topic of setting boundaries. If you want to learn a little bit more about Kathy's background, make sure to check out our first Wellness Check episode to learn more about this series in general. But yeah, we are so excited to be here. And yeah, I think the topic of boundaries is a really important one and something that I think is really important to um, learn more about, especially in young adulthood, because I think this is the first time for a lot of people that they're really thinking about their needs, um, especially transitioning from childhood into adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you feel a little bit more control and autonomy over the boundaries that you set up in your life with both others and yourself and your time. And so we thought this would be a really, um, I guess, important episode for our listeners to hear. Um, so yeah, I guess to jump in, um, Kathy, I was wondering if you could just kind of define what boundaries are because yeah, again, I think it is a buzzword that we see a lot on social media and just different Mm -hmm. places, but I think even for me, it's like, it took me a while to really understand what a boundary truly is in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think, you know, there's no real tried and true definition for the concept, but I think it can be understood in um, sort of several examples. Um, But I think that boundaries often serve as a way for you to take care of yourself so that you can show up as the best version of you. So, you know, I think they provide us with a means to feel safe and empowered. Um, They are limits that we can set to create space for what Mm -hmm. we think is important and what we feel I think matters most in our lives. Um, It also can help us define and, and live more aligned with our values and, you know, help us participate in healthy relationships with both other people and ourselves. Um, you know, and there's many, many more examples, like they help us to prevent and insulate from overstretching and overextending ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if we find ourselves often becoming sort of chronically depleted, um, considering boundaries might be a helpful exercise for you. Um, I also feel that it allows you to access more freely, uh, doing things on your own terms. So I love what Mm -hmm. you said about that transition from childhood to young adulthood, because I think in that transition, we, we end up having a lot more um, autonomy, like you mentioned and agency. Mm -hmm. And I think in that we begin to realize that, you know, maybe I have different terms now for how I'd like to Mm. be operating, or, you know, maybe that's just something you hadn't considered before, or maybe didn't have the opportunity to consider. Um, But I also feel like boundaries can really extend across many contexts. So, you know, it could be about personal space, uh, physical boundaries, uh, mental boundaries, as well as spiritual and emotional. Yeah. I think it would be helpful to kind of 
just kind of break down the steps of pinpointing your bound what boundaries you need and then executing them. And mm, yeah. I think one relatable example could be in a friendship. Um, yeah, I think one of the most common boundaries is in the context of a relationship. And so I guess maybe walking through an example could be like, if you don't feel heard or seen in a friendship or after hanging out with someone, you feel like they didn't really listen to you or you didn't feel like there was an equal exchange could be maybe an example that would be helpful and kind of just how to bring that up to people and then how to prepare for that conversation and that the emotional reaction that they'll have to your boundary or needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question and example. And, um, you know, to kind of go to the beginning of this sort of step-by-step process of practicing setting a boundary, I think first and foremost, it's identifying if there is an unmet need or perhaps like what your unique need might be. Um, And sometimes that can be confusing. So I think first we have to just notice and take a moment to check in with how you might be feeling or an emotion after that hangout or that interaction with that person. And if you can kind of you know, nail down a couple of things, or you observe that in your body, um, we'll go ahead and identify that emotion and then ask ourselves, you know, is that something that I'd like to change? So, you know, for example, if you were dating someone and you find that you leave those interactions feeling unsatisfied, perhaps because the person is doing a lot of the talking and not necessarily asking much about you in your life, you, you may notice that you feel frustrated. You may notice that you feel irritable even, or maybe you feel sad because you feel like you're, you're being disregarded. So, you know, when any of that shows up, then we know, okay, so I have sort of a need to be heard. I have a need to be cared for and um, attuned to, and maybe what that equals in terms of a boundary is like, I would like for this relationship to be more of a two-way street and for this person to check in with me more for this relationship to work. So I think the next step would be to reflect about what you'd like that to look like specifically. You know, is that you coaching your partner to ask you about how your day was? Is that you introducing, um, you know, a check-in with your partner that's a little bit different than what you're used to? And I would encourage you to maybe process that with someone that you trust, with your therapist, with a friend. Um, You could even write it down to practice or practice what you'd like to say in the mirror. Um, So you can sort of observe Mm -hmm. your facial expressions and be mindful of your tone uh, when you are going to facilitate this conversation. I think that would certainly help you feel confident in asking for things to be different, as well as I think preparing for that the other person may have an emotional response as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I really like just the idea of like having these clear like steps of how to maybe like work towards setting a boundary. Like I like having your emotion or like identifying the emotion you're maybe feeling after an interaction, like the feeling of being not as important as the other person in a conversation or feeling frustrated. 
then moving on to, okay, like what boundary needs to be set. And all those examples were so helpful to hear, like coaching somebody or just giving them feedback about like what Mm -hmm. you feel like they could do to help or changing your check-in structure, whatever it is. That's like the action. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess what is the next step then? Like once you've kind of presented a boundary, um, and it's like in practice, what do you suggest doing next to kind of like keep it in your repertoire? Yeah, that's a good question for sort of the ongoing maintenance. So if the person Mm -hmm. is receptive, then I think we just observe and reflect again, you know, is, is this need being met now? Do I feel Mm -hmm. satisfied with this? Or perhaps is it something different that I need to explore here? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I think sometimes maybe somebody recognizes it and then it improves and then they kind of slip back into those patterns. So I guess, do you have any advice for how to like re-enter that conversation if you feel like they're not putting in the changes that you feel like you Mm. need because I think that is tricky too of like feeling like oh I already brought this up and it didn't help that much I feel weird like saying it again I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tips for kind of approaching that yeah that's a really great question yeah I would say you know sometimes when we ask people for new or different things sort of on a behavioral level we have to leave maybe a little bit of space for that. They like may mess up. They may make mistakes and we just sort of check in about that ongoing. I think you get to decide how long, if they are sort of falling back into old patterns, how long that you are willing to tolerate that. Right. So to go back um, to kind of the beginning of our conversation, um, doing things on your own terms and deciding what you can tolerate in the season. This is one of those things I think to keep in mind. Yeah. I just I find this all to be so interesting because I feel like it could be very empowering to establish boundaries. But I think also like you've been talking about, there's a lot of reflection involved and just like observation. And I think that's really important too, just as a practice, because oftentimes we'll feel things maybe, or feel physiological responses like tension, or maybe your body language changes or something. And if you're not noticing those things, you might not be as in tune with what your needs are. So I feel like it's all kind of like a, it's all connected in a sense, like being observant of how you are you know, reacting to interactions with other people or with yourself or at work or wherever the boundary needs to be set. It's Mm -hmm. kind of also like encouraging you to be more in tune with what you need to then start that process over and like, be like, okay, so what's my need now in this moment? Um, Mm -hmm. so it's all like a full circle. I guess. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, very cool. This is all very eye opening to me. I, boundaries are something that I've seen, a, like Rach mentioned, I've seen a lot about on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think something that I've personally been curious about is not only like what boundaries can look like in real time, but also like how you would establish the need for a boundary because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But like, how do I even know what I need? Um, like sometimes it just seems like I don't really know 
I, I maybe have an idea of what a boundary could look like, but I don't necessarily know how to establish what I need and therefore set a boundary in response. Yeah. Um, and I was curious if you could speak more to that, like even just strategies for how to know what do I need right now or what boundaries do I need to set to help myself feel like less depleted, like you mentioned, or maybe more empowered in my interactions with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are great questions. And I think, you know, it sort of starts with what is the goal of, um, having and setting boundaries. And I would say, you know, like you mentioned, it's, it's a lot about getting your needs met. And I think like you asked, well, what if, what if I'm struggling to identify what my needs are? Um, and that's a great question. Cause I think that can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would challenge people to kind of take a moment to observe and describe if there is an emotion present and particularly, um, for example, when it comes to relationships, I would challenge you to observe, how do you feel after a hangout with that person? Um, I would say maybe take a minute or two to reflect, is there anything showing up for me after this uh, interaction? And, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's an emotion, is it a pleasant emotion? Is it, is it one that I want more of, or is it maybe indicating that I would like something to be different? Um, so I think there's a a couple of different ways to kind of continue on with that reflection. Um, but I think we kind of talked about it in terms of like a, a real world example. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think there are certain relationships that we have that maybe we're operating a certain way for a long time. If it is Mm -hmm. like a childhood best friend or even like your parents or siblings, like there is, I think sometimes it's easy to fall into this routine with relationships. And, but I think it is really important to kind of have that reflection of after seeing them, like, is there something showing up that is negative? Um, Cause you do have that control to set that boundary, even if it feels like too late or something, or that Mm -hmm. you've been operating in this certain way. I think that's really helpful to hear. Mm. Definitely. I think one thing that I often offer to my clients is that it's okay if our boundaries change over time. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, what you may have been able to tolerate before may be different than what you can reasonably tolerate now. Um, And I think often hearing that is very different for people, sometimes empowering, and um, it's sort of a a new concept for many to wrap their heads around. Mm. Or like, I feel like there could be some, some kind of maybe guilt or anxiety associated with if you have changed in your needs or if you've maybe awakened to your needs, perhaps in recent times, it could be a difficult conversation to have, or it could be just people might not be expecting it um, as well. And so I think like empowering people to say like, this is okay to like have these changed mindsets or changed understanding of your needs or whatever it is, like that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you or nothing you need to feel guilty about for advocating for what you need um, is also I mean, like, I, I really like hearing that from you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's often pretty validating for my clients to hear that, you know, it's it's okay sometimes to be flexible with boundaries because our needs change, mm-hmm. right? And if we're trying to set a boundary or resi- revise a boundary uh, to meet a need, well, you know, sometimes, like I said, those needs change. So it's going to look a little bit different in different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess going off of that, one question that I have is like, do you have any tips for how to bring up a new boundary with somebody? Like how to approach that conversation? Because I think that confrontation initially could be intimidating to people. I know for me specifically, that's always difficult of just, yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of how to bring that up and like kind of how to respond to I guess, their emotions afterwards. Right. Yeah, it's confrontation, I think, gets a bad rap. It's It can be uncomfortable, but isn't necessarily bad. Exactly. Um, you know, if we're, if we're having the intention of trying to uh, meet our needs, especially in a relationship, it, it's okay to, I think, ahead of time in preparation of that, um, sit down and reflect about it, you know, process it with somebody that you trust or with your therapist. Um, you can even write it down if that helps you feel a little bit more confident. I know I'm, I'm a person who learns by writing and feels more confident by writing things mm-hmm. down. So I think, you know, whatever you need to do to practice, even practicing it in the mirror can be really effective and helping us show up just a bit more confident to facilitate what might be a difficult or uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talked a lot about relationship related boundaries, but I think another really, um, I guess, relevant type of boundary is work-related boundaries, especially Mm. in the pandemic age that we're in. I think there's a lot more blurriness between balancing work at home with your personal life. And I think there's just a lot of things that come up with work-related boundaries during the pandemic. So I was curious if you have, you know, maybe talked to some of your clients about um, work boundaries, especially during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I I agree. I think that work boundaries got pretty blurry during the pandemic. We all just really quickly switched over to this remote work setup. And I think especially for new grads um, entering into the entry level type jobs, it was it was especially disorienting because they're really wasn't a framework, I think, for a lot of them uh, to learn and understand how to work their first career job. So I noticed a lot of my clients were sharing with me that they just were feeling particularly confused or, um, you know, uneasy about how to work and manage that in this sort of new phase of life. Um, So similarly, I think those steps that we talked about earlier can certainly apply here. You know, I certainly challenged my clients to sort of reflect around how they feel after work and um, if there's an emotion present, like confusion. So I did a lot of walking them through, well, how do we, how do we change that? And 
you know, sort of advocate for yourself at work by asking for help, asking for more orientation, um, practicing saying no, if they feel Mm. overextended, or just generally asking for expectations. Mm. Yeah. And I think that becomes even more important in the online world, because let's say you're not having video chats with your coworkers all the time, and they can't necessarily see your facial expressions or be there for questions just automatically. I feel like that gives you even more of a need to like be in touch with this stuff because mm-hmm. then you have to like actively seek it out even more um, mm-hmm. than you might have in an in-person environment, I would think. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even sort of the phenomenon of getting emails or instant messages after work hours. I, I found that a lot of people in their entry-level positions who were onboarded remotely struggled to really organize around, well, well, do I need to answer this email right now? It doesn't seem particularly important, but it came through at 6 p.m. and I'm, I'm on the clock. Should I, you know, what should I do? Um, so I think that sort of showed up for a lot of us um, in this time. Yeah. Like, what is my work time and what is my me time? Like, it just became kind of like all the time you could be accessing work because we're often on electronics in our free time anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, I always remind people that it's okay to ask for help. I know sometimes it can be a little bit vulnerable, especially when you're, you're new or you're getting up and running at a new job. But, you know, considering that a lot of us have been onboarded remotely, I think there's probably a lot of things that fall through the cracks or just generally not having access to your peers in the cubicle mm-hmm. next to you to ask them a one-off question. You know, I encourage a lot of my clients to feel empowered to ask questions as well as investigate if they're feeling overstretched, is there a strategy for me to practice saying no to some of these requests? Or, you know, if we're feeling completely uncomfortable with that, trying to ask for some coaching or mentorship, which I think is a benefit at a lot of companies that um, people just don't know about, that they could get some coaching to help their skill sets improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all really helpful. And even in the like physical work, I think those are all also very relevant, but I think Mm -hmm. especially in that online environment, um, thinking about that more um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've covered a lot in this episode from like family and relationship type of boundary or like friends, family relationship type of boundaries to then more like work-related boundaries and just I think it's helped me see that there's just so many areas in life that we can think about setting boundaries and it doesn't just have to be, I've always thought about it traditionally being with like a significant other. Um, but really there's so many places it could show up. So, um, Mm -hmm. just super eye opening, And I feel like we have some key takeaways that we could maybe go through together. Um, just from what we've talked about today. Definitely. I would say boundaries are a concept that definitely expands across contexts and um, they don't have to be rigid. They can be flexible. 
And it's sort of an ongoing process of identifying, you know, if you're having needs and um, if they're being met in this current season, um, as well as reflecting on what might be showing up for you that uh, we might like to change or shift a little bit. Hmm. Flexibility is key, I feel mm-hmm. like, with boundaries, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. And similarly to the flexibility of like, you can choose to set boundaries in places that don't serve you any longer or relationships that have been in a certain way or even a workplace that has been a certain dynamic. Like you have that power to change the circumstances. It's never too late or Mm. it's never set in stone. I think is important to remember because I think it's easy to be like, oh, this is just how it is with this person or this environment. So I think just reminding yourself that you have that power through boundaries to change the tone is really important to remember, especially, yeah, I think it's easy for me specifically to feel that way sometimes. And just, it was a good reminder throughout this episode to talk about all of this. Absolutely. I hope it was validating for everyone. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Any other tips that you have, Kathy, or takeaways? Yeah. If anyone's interested, I'll go ahead and post another sort of boundary setting resource on my website. If you want to drop in there at lakeshorecounselinggroup.com and um, share your email, I'll send you that um, ASAP. And um, I'll also include some book recommendations and other resources for you. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. I definitely am going to be pursuing these resources and maybe even looking into some boundary books, um, like books related to boundary setting. Cause I think it's just like a life skill maybe that a lot of us haven't been taught. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's one that we, we practice and we hone over our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure to look out for our next wellness check with Kathy. Thank you all for listening. 